Welcome to the Market Sell Win Podcast. If your boss came to you tomorrow and asked you to find an advertising agency or new content management vendor, would you know how to find and select the right one? Shockingly, the internet is not always the answer to everything. Our guest, Mark Hudson, is an expert at preventing companies from making mistakes and drowning in the ocean of information on the internet when buying marketing services. He's figured out both the good and the bad ways of purchasing these services. Over the last 20 years, Mark has steadily built up his marketing procurement skills at some very familiar names like Walgreens and BP Amico. It's pretty obvious that at some point, you will have to do your own form of marketing procurement because your company simply won't have the bandwidth, the resources, or the expertise to handle all of your marketing projects. I know that Mark's insights and information on the procurement process will be invaluable to you. In today's segment, we'll look at Mark's interesting ascent into the world of marketing procurement. In our other podcasts, Mark will give us an insider view of the procurement process, take us through the proposal process, and then walk through the essentials of the scoping process. Lots of process. With that as our backdrop, welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Well, thank you for being here. So I have to say, I am eager for our listeners to hear your career story because you have found your way into a rather unique field with procurement. So um, tell us, how did you get to where you are? Well, yeah, so um, I guess I have to say I didn't plan to be in marketing procurement. My, uh, my, my big dream was to be the next Darren Stevens from Bewitched. Oh. And being advertising, <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah. My, um, you know, big advertising account executive, and uh, so I'd have to say, even talking to my other peers in marketing procurement, they found this area by chance as well. Um, so my path was far from a straight one. Uh, the agency, you know, I, 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 um, I kind of hit, you know, through through the years, I kind of hit everything, and then it all made sense to kind of flip to the procurement, the, you know, the business of the commercial side of marketing, which would be considered procurement. I didn't want to move into finance, so I didn't want that financial aspect, but just, you know, looking at what's best for the business is a good, uh, you know, a good summary for what procurement tries to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's interesting. So you, you were in advertising, um, and I mean, what, so tell me, I mean, how did you even make it into procurement? Was there like a position open or somebody said, you know what, you might be good at this? Well, so, so kind of starting from the beginning, oh, uh, my, I had a degree in advertising with a minor in art. Um, from there, I went out and wanted to go into advertising. So uh, my first job to get my foot in the door, I, I got a job at AICOF, which is a direct response agency. And I was hired as a backup receptionist. You know um, what? I was too. That's so funny. All right, sorry. Go on. I digress. Yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, it's true. It's it, you know, um, getting your foot in the door was very important, especially you know, a um, couple decades back, maybe more than a couple. And uh, it was it was so popular to be at an agency. You had to do something to just get in there, and then once you're in, you can move around. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So I did do that. Uh, I moved from receptionist to media operations to, uh, um, and then I, I realized I needed to do something different because 
um, I wasn't getting far enough in the agency world, so, so I flipped to uh, corporate side um, and worked in production management and uh, creative services. So it kind of started to build my resume of understanding all the aspects of the advertising world. Um, so from there, I, I kind of moved from agency to, uh, you know, after the agency, I moved to Graham McNally, Maker, and that's where I was working with production and creative services. From there, I um, moved back to the agency world, gave it another go, and uh, worked in account management. But because I had a production background, I became, you know, the is it the jack of all trades or is it the jack of all skills? And uh, I've always said trades, but you know, tomato, tomato. Yeah, just just because I was, I, I did have the expertise in production, and then I was also account management, communication, engagement, and so forth. So, it uh, being the, in the account team at a small agency, I was able to touch a lot of things. And uh, from there, oh, that's where I met Julie Meekin. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Our paths have crossed. People. That's right. Yes, <laughs> yes, you were my client um, and uh, one of my favorite clients, probably uh-huh. my favorite client. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you're only saying that, but go on. <laughs> yeah, so then from the agency world, um, I I actually, uh, so this is where uh, it all flipped. And um, a headhunter called me and said, would you be interested in uh, applying for a job in marketing procurement? And I thought, why not? Uh, even though I didn't know what procurement was. <laughs> and, and by uh, the way, as a sub comment, I think many of the people in our audience don't. So I'm so glad we're going to be talking about this in detail. But go on, Headhunter calls. Yeah, Headhunter called and um, and said, "Would you be interested in doing that?" So I um, so I uh, you know figured figured it out. You know, procurement is procuring of. And marketing would be procuring of marketing and services. So it's basically, you know, is it in uh, buying services? But uh, one thing that was interesting, it wasn't, it wasn't a tactical role that they were asking about. They wanted someone who was more strategic. So it wasn't just, you know, three bids and a buy. It was, let's understand the marketing category, see what's going on, and then, you know, do what needs to be done that will be the best advantage for the business. So a little more than just, you know, I need I need a widget, and so I'll get three suppliers to give me bids. Which is why all of your experience at that point made you really interesting, I would imagine. Yes. So they had never. Uh, so I actually I applied for this job at BP, and uh, you know, so they wanted to talk to me, and I talked about you know marketing, marketing, you know what I considered would be marketing procurement. You know, kind of use my communication skills, my account management skills, my understanding of production, my understanding of creative and so forth. And they said, that's what we need. We need someone who speaks the language of marketing, mm-hmm. speaks the lang- language of agency, because we're not even getting our foot in the door with the marketing people. And we need someone who talks. We, so we can teach you the details of procurement, but we just need somebody who can talk marketing. And uh, so that's kind of how I started my career at BP. My 12 years at BP uh, was, was being, um, being able to speak marketing. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I was at. So I started as a, you know, in marketing procurement at BP. I started with a U.S. role, kind of a full slate. So advertising media, PR, um, production, 
you know, kind of up and down in store, you know, so forth. And then I moved into a global role that was a little more specific in categories. So I worked with advertising media and, um, you know, and then, uh, I kind of moved into, um, very specific to just media, uh, or just advertising. And, uh, you know, so I was able to, how I advanced myself is being more global and being more specific in my category. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's where, that's kind of where I got to, um, from there. And then I found an opportunity with Walgreens, which is now Walgreens Boots Alliance global company. And, uh, pretty much they wanted to have a subject matter expert that had global capacity and so forth. And I was able to kind of take my existing skills, do some us work for Walgreens. And then kind of, and now I'm in the Walgreens boots Alliance. So I'm working with all the markets that we deal with for media specific, but also agency relationships. Um, so that's, that was the world's fastest, uh, from, from backup receptionist to <laughs> you know, global media procurement. Exactly. Wow. Um, All right. So since most of us (laughs) don't know what it really means to do this job for a living, like, tell us, what's a day in the life look like? Okay. So a day in the life is, uh, you know, I am, um, a day in life is like an adventure. It's different every day. I I, I think one of the things that excites me about this job and probably every job I I've done is that each day is an adventure. Each day is different. I, um, I'm working on some short-term things. I'm working on long-term strategies, like how, what should we be doing to, um, to better, you know, the next three, three to five years of, you know, better agency relationships or, you know, should we look at different uh, models of our agencies, uh, and so forth. But, uh, you know, so there's big stuff. And then at the same time, you know, I'm fighting fires and tons of tactical execution, you know, working with, uh, I'm the person who, you know, Hey, we, we can't get this PO through. <laughs> I mean, it's everything from top to bottom. Right. So it's like, what are we going to do in the next three to five years, you know, to, um, improve the investment of our media funds all the way down to the PO can't go through and the agency's yelling cause they can't invoice. And, uh, they, you know, per our contract, we need to have it done by the state. You know, they have to, they have to insert, input the invoice by the date or else. And, uh, so it's, you know, which is kind of, you know, understanding, you know, that's, I guess, part of my day is that I constantly am referring back to the contract that we agree to with our relationship, our agencies. And so I have to say, we have to do this because the contract says so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always you know, I guess that's part of it is managing compliance. So I guess I kind of talked all over the place, but that's what, that's what my day is, is I'm going from big topics to small topics to, um, training to so forth. But what I'm really doing is looking out for marketing, you know, and then the business above that to assure that we're getting the best for our investment. Um, right now, specifically with media, I mean, I'm looking out for, we have, you know, with our relationships, we have savings programs. So I have to make sure that the savings programs are set up and then they're executed so that the agency can deliver in, off of what the contract says. And uh, so it's the ongoing relationship, it's ongoing tracking, it's ongoing auditing. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I do. At the same time, if there was a situation where I needed to um, 
you know, bid out something, you know, if we needed a new fill in the blank supplier, you know, I'd start the process with, well, what are your needs and this and that and go through and you know, identify a timeline. So it's a combination of doing work, engaging and executing and planning. So That's are a typical you- day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot, but it, it is, it's not, it's not the same every day. I never wake up and say, oh, I'm going to do that again. Right, right, right. Well, it's funny because I always thought on the marketing side that there was that was the same with my roles too. It's like no day is ever the same. Um, so are you kind, I would assume you're attached to the hip with your marketing folks or, you know, whoever, I mean, you work for big companies, so the teams are huge, but is that a fair statement? Yes, yes. So I, um, so I am connected to the media category. So I am connected with, the media leads for each of our businesses. Um, and also there may be some overarching, like the CMO. I mean, I don't connect with them, but he knows, he knows I'm there and I'm doing, you know, I'm executing for his benefit and planning for his benefit. But for the most part, my, uh, like the marketing directors and the media directors, I am connected hip to hip. We're talking daily, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, if there's, what is it? There's like, uh, you know, you set a meeting, send an email, um, and then it, it goes to text, you know, is the more like intimate relationship mm-hmm. just because you're on, you're on all the time with that person. And that's where I'm at. Is right. that, you know, somebody said, what were, what was the budget? Number? Oh, you know, what was the savings numbers for blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and it comes in as a text. That's the level of engagement. And, right. uh, is, is that it, it's pretty, uh, close Mm -hmm. all the time so oh i didn't mean to cut you off go on no 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 no. so that i mean that 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 is and and that's kind of where it is and i i do have to attribute that a little bit to my background being at an agency is that i understood client services not that your your marketing person is a client you're a partner together but you you have to you know the whole i don't know if you remember it's like you have to tell people what you're going to do what you're doing and then what you did Right. You have to, you know, communication and engagement is key. And it's not just sitting there doing an RFP in the corner. It's actually engaging with the people that you support and they support you because, you know, you have, you know, you jointly have targets and goals. Right. No, I totally get it. In fact, when you were describing it to me, it sounded like that client service relationship. I mean, I, I have a strong background in accounting marketing and so my internal clients are accountants, you know, so we are attached at the hip in terms of what we're doing to drive growth. And um, so it was it was interesting to hear you say that. But you touched on communication, which kind of leads me into my next question is, over your career, what have you found to be some of the top skills to be most valuable? Yeah, well, communication is key. And as I said, it's, uh, you know, I've always said, and when I, you know, I've had teams through the years, I've always said, you know, if you want to be a good partner, you have to tell people what you're about to do, what you're doing, and what you did. Um, because if they find out that something happened and they weren't aware, you know, you've lost the you've lost the trust. That's and right. so, communication is so key. And you know, um, you know, communication either you know internally, but also communication within you know with your agencies. I mean, you really have to develop a relationship with your agency. I, like my the agency finance teams. They, they are also hip to hip with, 
we're hip to hip. We're talking about, you know, what's, what's going on? What's missing? What's scope? How do we fix this? We're having an issue with so-and-so. Um, and, uh, so you have to make sure that you have that level of trust that they will say what they need to. Interesting. I'm finding that through the years of experience, agencies will be very friendly to marketing clients and they'll say exactly what they have to say to procurement or maybe ah. just me, <laughs> but, but no. that's what you need that you need that in the total, total relationship, you need to have that level of communication somewhere. And if it's not happening to the client, um, you know, it has to happen somewhere. So it happens with me. They say, you know, we're really worried. We're not getting this information. We're not getting a signed scope. And, you know, our finance team lead is not going to let us go any further without it. It's like, got it. I'll go figure that out. Right. And uh, so so that's where communication is important. Um, you know, I, I think another area is uh, capacity. Um, as I said, there are so many different aspects that relate to uh procurement you know i always talk talk about the toolkit of procurement it's not just you know three bids and a buy it's all the different ways that you can find efficiency and effectiveness with your marketing investment so there you know there's all different ways of looking at efficiency and then you have to look at your company and identify how they defined like savings or efficiency or value Mm -hmm. uh, because each company has a different definition uh to to live against um so, but, but capacity is just, you know, one day you could do like 50 different things and you have to be able to like turn one off and go to the next one. Um, plate spinning, plate spinning, if you will. Yeah, that's a good visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to make sure they all don't fall and you ha- and there's many of them. And I think that once again, that goes back to account management, you know, at an agency is that you always have the capacity because if you have multiple clients, multiple aspects, whether it's production, creative media, you know, you have to actually make sure everything is running forward. So I think that that's big. Um, strategic thinking. I mean, you know, the, what I see sometimes is there's the tactical aspect, but then there's also the big, big picture. I always live with strategic thinking in my head. You know, what is our ultimate goal? Our ultimate goal is to be, you know, efficient or effective or a combination of both. And what's the more important, if, if one has to win, where do we be? So should we, you know, have less agencies? Should we have more agencies? Because we want a roster and we want diversity in our view from our agencies. Um, so all that is, is just what understanding the business and then in, uh, turning it into a procurement strategy, which should align with the business and marketing strategy. And uh, I did add, I, 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 I do have to say one more, which is resiliency. Uh, you know, procurement is hard. Some people don't like us. And they think that we're trying to steal their money or who knows what. And uh, so you have to realize that somebody's going to say, no, you're wrong and I hate you. And you just have to be able to go, okay, let's figure out plan B. And you have to get back on the horse. And uh, sometimes it's many times that you have to to be resilient. And you can't say, well, that didn't work, so now I'm done. You have to figure out a new way to come and address the conversation. Um I mean, one of my first experiences with marketing it was a uh, marketing lead at BP. She was somewhat skeptical. Um, she was what? Skeptical, you said? Skeptical, yeah, yeah. With me and procurement. And she really didn't want to deal with me because, or procurement in general, because, you know, there's, you know, they slow things down. They try to take your money, et cetera, et cetera, all the, all the typical myths. And, um, and then we started talking and then I talked about, 
you know, this is what procurement can do for you. We want to work together, look at value, look at the marketplace, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this wine, you know, uh, and then we talked about wine a little bit. And then we talked about white burgundies that they're really good. And, you know, they haven't gone on the cheap yet, like, you know, Sutter, <laughs> Sutter Home. And then we talked about procurement value and how marketing procurement can work together. And then we talked about a wine shop on Belmont Avenue that would be great to, um, to, uh, to visit. And then we talked about how we would have next steps for, you know, working together, procurement and marketing. And um, she actually became my boss like six years later. And we had the best experience, the best relationship throughout the six years, actually the 12 years of DT. And it all started with talking about procurement and wine. <laughs> well, I think that just speaks to um, the fact that we're all people. So, you know, finding some common ground and um, helps, you know, it's like you weren't then, you know, kind of on each, on the other side, you were talking about something, a common interest and that took down some of the guard. Maybe that was it. So, well, that's, yeah. that's very cool. That is very cool. Well, so let me ask you a, another question in, in terms of the role of mentors. Have you had any mentors throughout your career? Yeah, I actually, um, I did. And I, I think that um, one area that, you know, communications is, you know, I feel I'm a good communicator, but you can always do better. And then also as you, um, as you grow in your career, you know, the nuances start to be very important. Mm. You know, how do you communicate to a executive level person versus, you know, the junior person versus procurement versus marketing versus right. finance? Everybody wants to hear a different story, but it's the same story. You just have to tell it differently. Right. And um, and actually, the boss that I had just spoken of, she was a great mentor. She used to talk about, she used to stop in the middle of conversations, say, no, stop. That's not how you say that. And, you know, it was, it was great. You know, but I had to have thick skin and be resilient because, you know, I could have been upset, but I, I was like, wow, she's teaching me on this on the fly, right. how to be a better communicator. And it's like, you know, one, one thing was put that pen down in your hand. Uh, Cause I talk a lot with my hands. <laughs> and just, so, but it was great. I mean, it was great to, to understand what you're doing. It, it, it's that whole list. You listen to what you're saying when you're talking, know your audience mm -hmm. um, and read the room and, uh, you know, know your audience and, you know, it, it's the nuances that make you a better communicator. And she was, she was just, just, uh, amazing for me, um, to make, to make, to, to build my skill set. And, um, so I, I thought I did pretty well anyway. And then she kind of took it to this level. Um, and, uh, we still talk even though we've gone our separate ways and, and we still talk about, you know, remember that time, but also at the same time, how are things going? And, um, you know, she'll give me uh, suggestions, which that's, is nice. That's cool. I, I think what's really neat about that mentor is that she was in the room with you. So, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of folks where their mentors are people that they, you know, they talk with and they see periodically, but they're not sitting in meetings with them all the time. So they don't get that direct feedback like, okay, like you said, like she said, stop holding the pen, <laughs> you know, or, yeah. and, and, and that's pretty cool because you don't find many people that are willing to give you that direct feedback or know you well enough to know why it's important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
it, it really did help. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was in my communication in many ways too, because even with like a PowerPoint, she was like, you're writing, she would look at some of my PowerPoints that you're writing an executive PowerPoint. So there should be three, you know, it basically think about the, you know, back in college with the essay, you know, three points and a close open three points and a close. Right. And, and if the executive person wants more, they'll ask, but get to the point. What are you trying to do? What are the, what are the, what's the rationale, the three points, and then how are you closing it? What do you want them to do? And it's like, that's it. And, uh, so don't tell the long story <laughs> or at least put it in the appendix. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, well, one, that's excellent feedback. I actually had a very similar conversation like that the other day with somebody who I'm like, you're, you're in, you're talking at the 5,000 foot level to somebody who's operating at a 100,000 foot level. You got to like bring it way up because they are not into all these details. They don't even know what you're talking about. So um, yeah. sage advice. All right. So if you had to flip back that switch, um, what would you have told yourself your younger self in terms of one piece of advice to do differently? I think, well, differently or just expectation would be that, um, you know, your career is in a straight path and that's okay. Be okay that you're not going to go just up the ladder. You know, I was post-college was, you know, ladder success. Everybody asking, you know, just climb, climb, climb. And, you know, you may be a little more winding in your path. And you, and you may find it more interesting because you're going to touch on a bunch of different things and you'll find things that are really good and that you like and do it, do, do more of that. And then the things you don't really like, don't do them anymore. Right. Or, uh, and especially don't put them on your resume because people will say, <laughs> that's right. They're going to pick up on that. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And so try things, refine and hopefully cast up the things that are not your focus. And, uh, yeah, so that's, just, it's not a perfect straight path and it's okay. And it's okay. And it may even be better for you as a person. Well, I think that's the cool thing with, in your path is that, you know, you, you really love what you do and you wouldn't have even found it if you hadn't taken this winding path. So very, very yeah. good advice. All right. So, um, even though you love what you do, you probably have a crappy day here and there. So what is, um, a, the one song or group that really makes you shake it off? Well, so I, um, hmm, I have to say, cause I do this quite a bit is I'll turn to my iPhone and turn it on and go to, uh, albums. And, uh, even though nothing's an album anymore, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's the first, what's the first album on my iPhone, which is ABBA and first song, first album, first song is dancing queen. So, you know, you have to smile when you're listening to dancing queen from ABBA. How could you not? I totally agree. I got it going through my head right now, but I'll spare the audience some singing. Well, thank you so much. That was so interesting just to hear um, your twisty, windy path. And and really, I think what's helpful is for our listeners to hear from real people. <laughs> <laughs> with their, you know, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And hopefully, you know, they take some of your advice and are able to use that in their own career. So thanks for joining us. Great, great. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.